this is Katie. This is Writability. I'm here with Lisa McCary Freeman, one of our wonderful English professors. Lisa, introduce yourself. Hey, Katie. I'm glad to be back. My name is Lisa and I teach English at the Hanford Center mostly, but I haven't seen my office in two years. Oh my goodness. I also (laughs) have not seen my office in two years, but I hope to be back soon. We'll see. But yes, I've been teaching here for four years as a full-timer and God, like Getting tenure this year. Yeah, getting tenure, but a long time. I I was a long time part-timer here too. So I've been at CUS for a long time. Love this school. Yeah, me too. Awesome. So we're here today to tackle and answering a question I think we probably both get asked by students all the time, which is, how do I start this paper? Lisa, do you get asked that all the time as well? I do. And I have an embedded tutor right now that is actually working with me on this exact thing because my students are starting a paper. But yeah, we we talk a lot about, okay, this is what students are going to ask, or this is how we're going to approach this. So this is kind of timely because my students are doing this exact thing. So once this podcast gets published, I'm probably just going to be like, all right, go listen to this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of want to use it for. And sorry, students, if this is you getting this later, but like, I just want to be like, when they ask my this question, be like, listen to this. And that's me answering it. So yeah, I guess, Lisa, when you get asked that, what do you say? I think the first thing that I always talk to my students about is the writing prompt. And that itself is a whole beast because I think the writing prompt can sometimes be more tailored towards like, here's what I want you to do and like really spells it out. And then other prompts are more vague in general. And a student comes away and they're like, I have no idea what's going on here. Right. So you kind of have to tackle the prompts because obviously that's your teacher's expectations. That's how you're going to get graded. I mean, you could write a five page paper on dinosaurs, but if it doesn't meet the prompt, right, you totally wasted your time. It could have been this awesome essay on dinosaurs, but if it doesn't meet the prompt requirements, it's not going to meet those expectations. We really have to like dig into, okay, well, what is this asking us to do? So usually I'll ask my students to at least read the prompt multiple times, maybe with a classmate, maybe with a tutor, maybe reading it out loud. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Highlight areas that are important, like when's it due? How many pages do you have to write? How many sources do you have to include if you're if you need to have sources in there? Just the kind of like the nuts and bolts of things that you have to like make a checklist of like, yes, I did this. Like reading a prompt is so important because really that is when your professor is trying to like give you their thoughts of what they imagine this paper to be. So like Uh there's often guidance even about the process that you could take embedded in that prompt. So it's a fantastic place to start. Yeah, I guess I'm going to kind of jump around here, but when you get a prompt or you used to get a prompt for a paper, what would you Uh do to start? I mean, you were just writing yesterday, right? For your evaluation. I was. How did you you start? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm old school. So I print out materials when I get started. Maybe my eyes are just getting old and I can't concentrate too much on the computer screen anymore, but I like print out the materials that I need. I highlight things. I circle things. I make notes of things that I want to say that I need to come back to and kind of just have like a mess of stuff around me that I'm like... (laughs) going through and adding and changing and whatnot. And then, you know, I'm constantly looking back at like, okay, what are the objectives Am I'm meeting those objectives. And then I'm also like, not obsessively kind of like correcting myself, but like periodically stopping, taking breaks and like getting up and moving around. 
maybe like rereading something I just wrote. Like, does that make sense to me? I'm kind of one of those people when I start writing that I just like let it all go and I just get it all out. Right. Like shitty first drafts type of response. And then I'll go back and I'll reread, but I don't typically make an outline, but I'll make some kind of notes or highlight stuff. And then just kind of like free for all for a while until I can manipulate stuff around. That is a good process. I mean, I think, yeah, mine, I think in many ways is similar. I don't print anymore though, but one thing I definitely do is I like look at the prompt, make sure I understand it. And then I maybe jot down a few notes, but then just kind of like let it simmer like back of my brain and then revisit it like a couple days later. I'm always the student trying to look ahead as far as I can, because I want to like familiarize myself with the goals on my way to wherever I'm going. And I mean, I think one of the places that students get stuck though is right after that. Like, okay, they Mm -hmm. understand what you're asking, but like often there's limitless potential, limitless, you know, choices they could make to approach that, to pick a topic and all of that. So like when you understand a prompt, how do you decide what you're going to write about? Like within the guidance of that prompt. Yeah, this is where sometimes collaboration kind of comes in handy or being given the option to like draft something or meet with someone. So sometimes I'll have students talk about the prompt in groups, like just share with a friend, like, hey, what do you think you want to write about? Like get some feedback from someone. Or maybe if you have a tutor embedded in your class, shoot them a quick email and say like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. Am I on the right track? Instead of kind of going into it blind and then having that anxiety just kind of twirl around in your stomach. But if you do have the opportunity to draft and, you know, hopefully it's a low stakes assignment where you can certainly like, you know, take risks with it and just try something out without fear of penalty, just go for it. Go with your instinct, go with like what feels right to you. I know certainly there are students that want to overthink. And then I get those kind of responses where they're just like, well, this is what I was thinking about, but I changed my mind. And now I'm doing this like super complicated thing. And I'm like, wait, 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 go back to the thing that you wanted to do the first time. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't think that was enough or we didn't think that was right. And I was like, no, that's perfect. Right. So sometimes you just kind of have to like talk it out with someone and and certainly your teacher can be that person too. Yeah, I definitely think writing stuff I have at teachers is a really great way because A, like we will, if it's a good topic, we will like increase your top, your confidence and be like, yeah, do that. But also it's a nice place. Like I've had students before be like, should I do this or this? And like one of those things will be significantly more difficult and sometimes impossible than the other. I'm sure you've had that experience too. So for example, students will pick for a research paper, a topic that like there will, they will not be able to find credible sources that back up. Like, so um, last semester I had a couple students who uh, were trying to make like anti-vax arguments, right? And then they were like, should I do this anti-vax argument? Or should I do this? And it was a completely reasonable argument where there's actually research that back it up. And I was like, let's do the second one because that first one, you're going to get to a point where you're looking in the academic databases and you find that nothing is supporting what you're saying. Um, When it's research, librarians are also really cool people to talk to when it comes to where do I start when it's a research paper. And before we get to that writing point, you have to do some research. You have a question. How do we know? Like how are vaccines developed? I'm just thinking just get back mm-hmm. to you guys. I'm going <laughs> to go with that. <laughs> like how are vaccines developed? Like you shouldn't start writing without actually doing the research first. Right. So librarians can also help you both like to like 
clear up that research problem question and guide you to sources that will help you with your paper. So thinking logistically, okay, so you have sort of a plan, you have your ideas, you know what you're going to write this paper about. Do you, if it's a traditional paper, start with the introduction and work through your body paragraphs or do you mess things around? Like what order do you write in, Lisa? Oh, well, me personally, I think, well, I mean, I was, I was just going to say I start from the beginning, but that's, that's a total lie because when I was in college, I had this like anxiety about the intro paragraph. <laughs> me so I too. usually, <laughs> I usually would start in the middle and come back to the intro and that, that, it's hard to think linearly sometimes with essays. So I usually start with like what I know, right? So maybe mm. that's an easier way to approach it. Like I'll start with the things that I know and I'll start, you know, maybe writing paragraphs about that and I can go back and reorganize later. So I made a note of this before we started talking to that. I tell my students that they're sitting in front of the computer, like don't get stuck sitting in front of the computer. Like we have all these really awesome tools now on our smartphones. Maybe you just need to go up, go out and like take a walk and like record yourself talking about your ideas. So like if you're more, I guess that's auditory, right? If you can like talk through your ideas and listen back to those ideas, then like listen back and sit down at a computer and kind of write those ideas out. I think a lot of students get to that point where they like, okay, I'm ready. And they open up a blank word document and they sit in front of it for 20 minutes and they're like, oh no. And they're they're always like, I always get stuck on the students who like think they have to have a hook and have to write that first. Right. Yeah. Um, Like, don't worry about a hook. I would rather have like a mediocre quote unquote hook and a fantastic paper than the other way around. And they're really like, oh, I just don't know how to start. I know I have to get your attention and entertain you and do this. And I'm like, this is not a blockbuster movie. This is a college paper. (laughs) You don't need to do all those things. (laughs) Like just write. And like, I think remembering that whatever you write up first is not set in stone, right? It is that yeah. shitty first draft. Um, I wrote down, I can't remember it exactly, but after reading shitty first drafts, one of my students had written this thing that I'd never heard that apparently a teacher used to say to him, you can revise a bad draft. You can't revise an like invisible draft, like, yeah. or like a missing draft. Like you have to have something to revise. So like, yeah, getting something down is good. Yeah. I don't know if you do this, but I break up my rough drafts where it's not like ever a complete rough draft. It's like, your first 500 words, but I don't mean like in order of where you started. If that's your body paragraphs and you haven't done an entry yet, awesome. <laughs> like I don't care. Do it in the ways that work best for you. I remember a paper in grad school that I got to the, like when my teacher gave me feedback, he'd gotten to the conclusion and he was like, okay, by the conclusion, you finally know what you're saying. We make that your introduction and rewrite. And like, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. Like I should not just be writing in order. I need to be moving stuff around all of the time. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I do the same thing. I think that's important. So like, if you are given the opportunity to to draft, right. And to maybe submit something for feedback, whether you take it to the writing center or something, it doesn't matter where you start at, right? Yeah. It's definitely start in the middle, start with what, you know, that could be the, the name block and the title and like <laughs> one paragraph. Cause you know, if we get, if we get the MLA down, sometimes that, that makes us feel good. Yeah. No, I usually start with like a list kind of, but not an outline. And then I start like fleshing those things out, but I'll just abandon parts and then go to a different part and then come back and then go like, it is not a linear. It's not an, in order process thing. I tell students all the time is like, I spend way more time revising than I do writing the first time. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of those things. Uh, I'll occasionally have students in the early papers be like, I'm a bad writer because I have to rewrite a lot of times. And I'm like, 
no dude <laughs> like that makes you a good writer yeah good writers like getting it on paper the first time is like this tip of the iceberg yeah what else about this anything else I guess another thing too would be if your teacher does have a sample available, maybe you just cannot conceptualize what this paper looks like. So sometimes looking at a sample will like ease that anxiety and allow you to be like, oh yeah, I can do this. That's what I was thinking. And like even, yeah, outline with you. Like, so I give samples occasionally, but I feel like more helpful is I'll take a student topic and like as a class will be like, okay, if I was writing about this, these are the steps I would take. I would first mm-hmm. get background information, right? Because your readers need to know this stuff, then this and that. And teachers will help you with stuff like that. If a lot of the times when students think that their topic might be too specific and they'll run out of things to write, we'll do that. So I can be like, no, look, if you take all the steps you need to take, this is a paper in no time. Like anything with writing, it's figuring out what works for you, right? Lisa, yeah. can you remember any times where you got stuck when you like did not know how to tackle a project? Mm, probably. I mean, I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but being an English major, I'm sure that happened like all of the time, just because I would overthink. And sometimes I would procrastinate and I would wait until the last minute. And I would, then I would be like stuck, you know, the night before, like, oh my God, why did I wait? Cause I let it simmer too long. Right. I was listening to the prompts and I understood what I was supposed to do. And I was like, oh, I got this. Right. And then I got to the nighttime and I was like, Oh, great. So probably procrastination was the thing that like stumped me the most when I was in college is just like not giving myself enough time. Don't read a prompt. And like Katie was saying, like, let it simmer, but then just like never approach it. Right. You have to kind of set some, some due dates for yourself. Right. Like say like, okay, tonight I'm going to write a paragraph. Maybe tomorrow I'll talk to my tutor about it and give yourself some space to actually process that. Cause like Katie was saying, right. It's important to have the the time to then go back and reflect and revise on it. It's not just sitting down and just pummeling through an entire paper. You want to actually have the space to think about it, to get some feedback, to work on it a little bit more. Oftentimes too, I'll, I'll have students that submit drafts and they have like parenthetical notes kind of like in the middle of the draft. Like they get a couple of pages done and then they'll give me like this parentheses note saying like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm trying to do this, or I think I want to do this, but I'm not sure how to do it. Right. As a teacher, that's super helpful because then I can be like, great. I see what you're trying to do. Let me give you some advice. Don't be afraid. You know, if your teacher lets you, don't be afraid to kind of like put those sidebar comments in there on your drafts, because then we can see like how your brain is processing this paper. Do you leave yourself comments on papers? Oh, I use the comment features, which if you guys don't know how to use that on Word or Docs, I totally do. Because I'm afraid to leave in comments like that. I used to write them in lines, but I'd be afraid. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm always like so rude to myself though. I'm always just like, fix this bitch. Like I'm always like, just like, (laughs) because it makes me laugh when I go back. But like, that's what I normally do is I'll be like, you need to like reread this damn sentence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The more sweary, the better. I'll usually highlight something and then it'll jog my memory. Like, oh yeah, I need to go back and look at this. What else? Any last ideas about how to start for students? I would just say when I talk to my students at the end of the semester and they reflect about their process in my class, like usually they've hit all the marks, they've they've done all the things that they need to do. But you know, it's COVID, we're in a weird space right now. They say like, oh, I wish I would have taken advantage of more resources. So I would say probably more than any time now is a great time to use resources, even though we feel like they're so far away from us, because there are people there that want 
someone to help you, right? So ask your teacher what resources they think you should use. Go to the writing center. I reach out to a librarian. Frequently tell my students to do that. They have that cool ask a librarian tab on the COS webpage where you can like make a meeting with them. And trust me, they love meeting with students, but don't feel like you have to do it by yourself. Certainly it's like writing is a collaborative process. It's, it's definitely something that you should use uh, resources for. I think, yeah, I think that's my, always my last thought too. It's just like, use your resources. And honestly, it's sort of a, it's it sort of helps us out for when we actually do get the opportunity to read your paper, because we've already had that conversation with you and we can kind of jog back to like, oh yeah, they were talking about this. Cool. I like how this played out in their paper or whatnot. So definitely reach out. Oh my gosh. It helps so much to understand people's like motives behind the choices they make in writing. Awesome. So last question that I'm still asking everyone is what are you learning right now in your life? I am learning how to take care of a baby because I am, (laughs) I am seven and a half months pregnant. And so this is my first baby. And so I have lots of baby books and I have lots of things people keep getting me. And so I'm I'm definitely learning lots of stuff. I can take care of myself pretty well, but a new human. (laughs) Same thing, really. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I always love getting to talk to you and yeah, we're good. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.